0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Video Production Academy podcast. I am so delighted that you've joined us. Now, today is another one of those slightly rare occasions where I actually get to be joined by somebody who is also in the UK, which is just fabulous because I think that's happened like three times. Now, don't get me wrong. I love meeting people all the way around the world, but somehow it's kind of nice to meet somebody else who's in the UK. Now, lana is actually at the other end of the UK, for me, climbing <laughs> the top end of Scotland, and she's in Southeast England in Barnet. So it's you know, still quite a distance away, but we're still in the same country, just about. Yeah. Technically, technically, we'll go
1: with that one. So, firstly, I would love for you to introduce yourself and what it is that you do, please. So, I am an empowerment mentor. I work mostly with women, really diving into their confidence levels to pull out this deep-seated natural ability to just be ourselves be free to be ourselves express ourselves and however we would like to without all the constraints of the expectations or the fear of what other people might think and all this stuff we carry and I do that in lots of different ways but I spent so many of my own years not feeling free enough to speak, which obviously then has just completely cured this.
0: I'm really interested to know why you've gone down the mentor route rather than the coach route, because there are so many coaches out there and so many different types of coaches out there. Now, myself, I would describe myself as a video educator because I take on a
1: teaching role. But there is an element of coaching to it, but it's not my main thing. So, why mentor? Mentor, because I feel like it's a title that I resonate with a lot more. And I did used to call myself a coach because a lot of what I do is pulling out of them stuff they already know but can't realize and sort of shining the light. But the mentor feels a bit, gentler it feels a bit more nourishing a bit like a friend that you really know you can trust and is going to just push you that little bit further than you might push yourself so it sort of resonates more with what you were saying about the educator it's more of that that guidance that teaching then I feel like coach has kind of taken on a different meaning over the last few years so it feels better I think you have to go with what feels right for
0: you. Yeah. I've met lots of different coaches, and some of them are quite gentle, and some of them are quite aggressive. So
1: there's a whole different range in there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it, it's just being a little bit different, a little bit truer to. I think I sort of labelled myself a coach because everyone called themselves a coach, and thinking about it and taking some time out, I think mm, maybe not. Sometimes it takes a little while to actually settle on a title as well. It did for me. It really does. Because I've been a few different titles, but fundamentally it's all been about this building the confidence, building the realisation that these women are more powerful than they believe they are. And whatever It might not be in, you know, Superwoman going out and doing crazy stunts and things. It's not like string like that, but just feeling like they can say what they want to say to whoever they need to speak to or go out and take that opportunity that comes forward rather than shying away and not wanting to put themselves out there. So I'd like to rewind a
0: little bit because I don't think any of us get to be educators, mentors, or coaches without having been on a journey first. So I'd like to know more about where it is that you started off and how you got to here.
1: So my journey with this really started 2010, so what, 12 years ago? And I was... So my plan at that time was to become a lecturer at uni. I was studying social anthropology and loved my subject. I still love my subject now. And I wanted to lecture in it because I loved it. And I have everything everything about it. So I was just, I was in that summer term between my undergrad and my master's. And my master's was going to be the first year of a full PhD, And then I was going to be off and doing my thing. And in that summer term, Something happened and I just felt weird, different, not myself. It turned out it was anxiety, but we're talking 12 years ago when anxiety wasn't such a commonly spoken about thing. It was kind of something few people know about, but not everyone. You know, nowadays, most people have heard of it, have a vague idea of what it is. Then I didn't even know what it was. And it took a good few years to go out of it. So I went from being sort of the average girl finishing uni living my life, to not wanting to leave the house, being too fearful of life to live, really. So I felt like I had to climb out of this hole and rediscover myself and who I was and the desire to live again and do things. And during that process, I found all the stuff that I now teach and share. So things like manifesting and the moon, all the woo-woo stuff, crystals, but also confidence and mindset work and just being aware of who you are, where you want to get to and the influences around you. Really basic fundamental things that can make a huge, huge difference because what I realized was my anxiety was a combination of so many things like not feeling free enough to be myself and self-criticism, a lot of self-hate and all that stuff that then had to hit its peak to change. And the anxiety was how it hit its peak. You know, it can come in different forms to for different people. So... I know what it's like to feel like you don't like yourself. You don't trust yourself. You don't think you're good enough and how that can come out. And I just wanted to provide a way of women not having to feel like that and having a different way to live their life. You sound like the ultimate big sister. Yeah, Steve, that's why I like the mentor, right? Because it's that like someone that you can go to and go, oh now no, this has happened and I'm like I okay, can't get it you know it is just that relationship I value those relationships and I'm lucky that I have a lot of those with the ladies that I work with because it is more of that confident that you know let's chat and figure it out together rather than the other stuff which I feel is not necessarily that my it's not aligned with me and what I like to do so when you started off were you working with groups or individuals What was that path to get going? It started very different to how it is now, to be fair. So I started in person. Everything I do right now is online. I will at some point do an in-person thing. But I haven't in like nearly four years. So it's been a long time. I started as a crystal healer. So I would go, I worked as a mobile therapist going around offering crystal healing. Then I started running group workshops to teach about crystals. They turned into personal development workshops. That turned into one to one work, which moved online. So I do both, predominantly group work now. And I have a few different memberships that focus on different elements. So it's more of a grab the information, do the work, I'll see you next week kind of process. So it varies. It depends on what you're wanting. And everyone's got different needs and different times things become really important. They might need a little bit of extra support and do the one to one. But I quite like the element so how do you feel about being online rather than being on person because it's a very different experience it is I suppose I'm so used to it I think what i found when COVID hit in 2020 and everyone was like well we've got to go online I was like well this is normal for me you know because this is what my life is already like and actually it was amazing because there were so many more people online that there was loads more conversations going on and more connections it, it kind of helps me because I work from home. In a way, it helps me differentiate between work and playtime. So playtime is like I go out, I do things. Sometimes outside with dogs or, you know, going out and about. And when I'm working, I'm at home and on my laptop, on my tug or phone. So it kind of helps with that. Although, as we were talking about before, I am starting to do a little bit more in person. So I'll we'll be diving into in-person networking. I will do an online uh, in-person event. Everyone keeps asking me to do something, and I will. I've just got to get around to it. Are you fearful of getting back out there in person? No, it's more that I hate organising stuff like that. That's what puts me on. I'd love to do it. I'd love to see everyone in person and get everyone together. I'd just love someone else to organise it, and then I'll just go. It's that. The organising bit. Sometimes I've heard it described as feeding cats. Trying to get people in the same place at the same time as each other is hard work. Yeah, and especially now, I suppose, in a way, I've made it harder for myself because everyone's really far apart. They're not even like geographically maybe in the same area as before. Everyone's all over the place. So when I figure out how, I will. But I suppose I'm comfortable online. I know online world and people know me online now. And it gives me the opportunity, like you said, you've spoken to different people from different parts of the world. Gives you that opportunity to, doesn't it? Because in person, you're just not going to be doing that. I could be talking to a lady in the US or New Zealand or wherever. It's just, it's nice. The world feels smaller, I suppose.
0: I would definitely agree with that. I mean, I live in a little fishing village on the northeast coast of Scotland. We have about 4,000 people here. My main city has 20,000 people in it. We're very rural, very remote. But in any given day, I could be talking to somebody in Canada, somebody in Nepal, somebody in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing because I never would have the opportunity to do that without this shift that happened. So for me, I'm very grateful for it. And as an out and out
1: introvert, this suits me so much better. I'm not being funny, like let's be honest. It's quite nice to just wear whatever you want, literally walk from one room to the next and you're at work. And or for me, like I've got two crazy English bulldogs, so I can be outside with them every like hour playing or whatever. Answer the door because the post-only comes during work hours. And if you're at work, you never here to get it. So little things, isn't it? You know, the kettles not far away. Yeah, I can definitely see the
0: appeal for that. But when we went through that first lockdown, it was 19 weeks. And so my main business is a computer repair shop. And then the Video Production Academy has come from that. Yeah. And so it ended up that I worked from home. But we carried on having the workshop open. So, two guys that were single guys that basically formed their own bubble said, <laughs> We can carry on working here and looking after the people because we thought people are going to need tech support more than ever. And it was like, That's fine. I can work from home. So, it was the first time I'd ever done it. On one hand, I absolutely loved it. But then I found I was getting detached from the rest of the team. So, what <laughs> we ended up doing is I would put Zoom on one of the monitors. And so, I was in the same room but not so that way we didn't have to phone to speak I could see them they could see me we could have a conversation because could have a coffee together and that made me feel much better mm. I, it's, it's a really surreal thing to kind of mm. feel actually I feel really odd with this situation now so I was quite glad to get back into the office although there are
1: weeks where I definitely think I would prefer to work for them. <laughs> <laughs> I least it's what you're used to isn't it and I suppose because of the work I do, I'm constantly talking to people all day. If I was just at home on my own, not really speaking to anyone, I would find that quite lonely, I think, and isolating. But I'd feel like the whole day can pass and I'm not moved and not moved out of the house, but I've spoken to so many people that I don't feel like I'm missing that human connection, which is nice. That's really good. So what would your main platforms be? My biggest one. Work- platform is facebook to be honest with you i have a facebook group which i'm very active in that's the main place people will find me i am trying to do a little bit more on instagram but i love social media don't get me wrong but it can take over your life so facebook seems to take up enough time it's so true i mean there's always like challenge as a business
0: person to say but oh, you need to have a presence all over the place oh yeah like, no. I've just taken stock actually in the last couple of weeks and gone, okay, half of my week is spent dealing with social media. And actually, I'm not getting time to do my job. We yes. have to work with all the marketing and the social media side because yes. we're on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and LinkedIn and Twitter and YouTube. Oh. And I've got my head around all of them. I've got to be honest, to say we're on Instagram. I've not sussed it out yet. Facebook, I'm not comfortable with. I think I understand that more. We're on TikTok. And am learning. We're on Twitter.
1: I don't get that one at all. <laughs> so, so my head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, But I only, I will be here on Facebook every day. I'll be on Instagram every day, but not as much. But TikTok, I think I downloaded it and then deleted it. So I was like, well, there is way too much time could be lost on this. You know, you just know it's going to be a scroll hole and you're just going to be there forever going, oh, this is hilarious. But she like, I always, everyone always tags me and sends me bulldog videos because I've got bulldogs and parrots. So I'll always get hilarious bulldogs and parrot videos, which are amazing, but like, you know, an hour later, no. This is the danger of working from
0: home because <laughs> I can't disappear down the scroll hole if I'm at work because there's too many people about. go, what are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> And they know that if that happens to them, they'd be in trouble. So they're not yeah. allowed to do it. I'm not allowed to do it. So there's an accountability that's there. Which if you're working at home, for I me mean, that, that could be a difficult one.
1: Yeah, you've got to be really strict on it. And as well, I think the differentiation between working and being at home and just being at home, because you're always at home, it can be, I know during lockdown it was, because there was so much more work going on because everyone was at home, it's, making sure you separate that time so you do actually switch off and stop, put the phone down, walk away from the phone, you know, because everything's at your fingertips, does not it? It's all on your phone. You think back in the day that wasn't how anything happened. So you just put it down, take some time out rather than get caught up in there, and constantly working as well. That's certainly what I found during the lockdown is I would get out of bed
0: and I would start work at 8. There's no I would start work at 9. And then I would work till lunchtime till I fed people because it's five in my house and I'm the only one that cooks. And then I would work until tea time. Then I would sing people. And then I'd go back to work again and I would work till bedtime. And then I would do that. And I could do that seven days a week because the things that would normally differentiate my week weren't there anymore. Yeah. And although I loved it uh, because I'm a terrible one for work and I will work all the hours that I possibly can because I love it so much. Mm-hmm. And it's not a pressure thing. I just really enjoy what <laughs> yeah. My hobby is my work. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> work the danger, isn't it? When your hobby is your life as well. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> You
1: know, it's really interesting. So with Facebook, are you doing lives with that as well? Yeah, so when I started using Facebook, lives were what I was doing all the time. Because they always say video, as you know, gets better exposure, helps people engage with you more, get to know you better. So I was doing lives a lot. Weekly, more than once a week, perhaps. Then now I probably do them as and when inspiration strikes. So I'll be like, I had this idea, and I go live with it. I'm way more comfortable with it now than then. Then it was like, oh, this is weird, like talking to myself on camera, and there's no one there because I was used to talking to a room of people, and then to go from and you gauge the reaction, the energy of the people, and that. For me, as a speaker, that feeds my, then I get really excited because everyone's really engaged. When there's no one there and you're just talking to your own face, it takes a while to get used to that. But then now I'm so used to it. It would be interesting to do a talking to a room full of people again. I think it's really interesting because I think we've come to the same
0: point from different ends of a continuum. So would you describe yourself
1: as an extrovert? No, I would probably... I would say an introvert plus, you know, like a little bit depends on my mood. I'm quite happy. I have a very extroverted other half. So when we go places, I'm like, you go, you do the thing. And I'll just sort of follow on behind. And I'm more than happy with that. But every now and then I get a spurt of like, oh, I need to go and speak to everyone. So I never
0: get that spurt. That never <laughs> ever happens. Well, you've come from being an in-person, out at events to Facebook lives. And I've gone from the hiding from the camera. I don't really want to be seen. Oh dear, I have a responsibility to put my message out there to Facebook Lives. So my Mm. first Facebook Lives were awful. They were beyond horrendous. And I've told stories about ourselves, though. No, it really was. Honestly, it it just, see, my background in media production is video editing and audio editing. I never had any aspiration to be in front of the camera at all, just Mm. wasn't what I wanted to do. But as a female CEO and founder of an IT company, I'm a rare breed, if you will. Yeah, and okay. so I thought I really needed to get in front of the camera because I needed to do my business justice. So I mm-hmm. thought, I'm going to do Facebook Lives. And like I say, they were awful. They were really bad. I would have a physical reaction to doing it. So I'd go bright red. Yeah, I'd get conversations, Sweaty palms. void. <laughs> I would either talk 400 miles an hour or completely monotone and there wasn't anything in between. So I thought, I need to deal with this. So I went live for 30 days. Okay. You know, it was a bit like a baptism of fire. I am doing this. And by the end of it, actually before the end of it, I was so much more relaxed and comfortable that the journey sort of continued on from there. And I'm two years down the line now and so much more comfortable with it that actually I hop on Facebook lives every week and I'm okay. And Mm. it doesn't freak me
1: out anymore. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, a new skill, I suppose, to learn a very modern thing. Yeah. I mean, I like to bring my animals into them because they're always a great distraction as well. But they're hilarious. Usually usually in those moments of, oh yeah, let me do a live, click on my phone, something's around me, whether it's a dog or a bird or something. So they are quite funny, usually. But
0: I've had it where the dogs have got involved, which is that's not, not helpful. It's definitely not helpful when it's on a podcast like this because one of my dogs just went for a poctor and we have lamb floor so what you hear is as he goes past and that's the little dog now the big dog's nine and a half stone so he's still built dogs on the way past but he's downstairs in the minute it's okay and it's just like oh no not me still, so sorry.
1: oh it's you all guarantee good. everything will happen in that half an hour and you just me to go. don't you find though the dogs think you're speaking to them yeah i have to i distracted so I put the radio on, they put the fan on because it's quite warm today, and a few doors shut in between us. They're inside just because it was a bit hot. And then they can't really hear me. They can hear me. The birds are worse though, because they would scream sometimes because they could hear me talking, but it's like, how dare she speak and not speak to us? I'm disappointed they've not made an appearance. I, I, although with my weird background you wouldn't be able to see them. You'd just see a right the head. Oh, that could be
0: very peculiar. Zoom's just a wonderful thing. So when you first started to do the lives, were you comfortable with that and comfortable with being on camera other than the fact that it feels weird because you're looking at yourself?
1: No, because I wasn't someone that like, oh yeah, take a picture of me. I never was that person. So to have to be sort of faced with myself in a way was a great personal development experience in its own right because it was just constantly looking at my face talking and now I feel like I have honed the skill of talking about where I'm talking about whilst thinking about something else and potentially reading something else and still talking you know it's that when you watch the news presenters and you're like oh yeah I get it because you're doing a hundred things but you're just talking like it's just effortless so there's some good skills that I have built out but it wasn't a comfortable thing but I think like you said the more you do it the more comfortable you get the less scary it feels, you get the responses from people as well, which help, but it's just building that comfort to, oh, yeah, I can do this. Did you find it different using Zoom? Zoom doesn't like me in <laughs> what I've established in life. Not so different, I suppose, because there's then all these faces and, you know, if you're in a Zoom meeting... Most of my things, even if it is everyone's joining video, I use Facebook. So I use a Facebook room instead and join on there. Yeah, and they start easy. You just click it and invite the people or send them the link and there you go. It's all there. You can't, well, I haven't used it in a little while. I don't think you can record like you can on Zoom, which is obviously a good feature. But I suppose it was a new thing again when I started doing networking, especially in a Zoom. Getting used to all these like breakout rooms and all that stuff the techie things, which are sort of beyond my abilities. But again, you get used to it, don't you? I think everyone's kind of used to Zoom now, post lockdown. Oh yeah, Yeah. everyone's done a Zoom of some kind. It was really funny at the
0: beginning because I think a lot of business people were used to using Skype, and some were used to using Zoom. And all of a sudden, you have lots and lots of people communicating, Them never use this platform or this method. And it was the funniest thing to watch. When I remember one of the first sessions that I was ever on, that was a group session, was the, the number of ladies because all the hairdressers were closed. The number of ladies checking their roots, and it's like, oh, this is a screen, not a mirror. <laughs> they were just like, oh, they were like, what!" but it was hilarious it's, it's really, really funny. And the other thing was like a community sing along, where everybody just sat out oh, wow. a place. Well, I just, I was crying laughing. I actually had to take myself off screen just in case I offended anybody because it was the funniest thing I'd ever heard in my entire life. But Zoom really has revolutionized how we can do business and how we can communicate with each other.
1: Yeah. It's nothing, you know, I don't think many people have an issue now with going, oh, yeah, let's hop on a Zoom or let's hop on some video call of some kind. They're more used to doing it. You might you might do a video call with someone that you know, a friend, family member, but not necessarily someone that you're working with or a client. Now it's just, yeah, let's just it's it's things. It's too yeah. though, isn't it? We get to see and speak, not just hear the voice.
0: Yeah. I, I like it more than just having a phone call.
1: Yeah.
0: I find it a lot easier to track and to keep up with the conversation.
1: Yeah. Like if I'm
0: just on a phone call, my head can wander off. Yeah,
1: you know, well, because you've got all this stuff right in front of you. So whatever visually you can see, you're just distracted by. So sure. So what tips would you give to somebody who
0: knows they should really be using video for the business, but is really hesitant about doing it?
1: Do it. You're not going to feel like you want to. You're going to find every excuse under the sun. You know, it's, oh, I need to iron a shirt or I need to do my hair or makeup on or whatever. Or the dog's barking or the postie's due and our parcels come in, you know. There's always going to be a reason why not to. And you will get interrupted. There will be moments where the Wi-Fi cuts out or, you know, something happens. But do it and keep doing it. And do like what you did. You reminded me I did something similar, like 30-day going live every day, just to get you in the process of doing it. I don't do lives every day now, but now they're just something that I can do. So. It's always worth it. It will give your people a chance to see you, to get to know you. Even just like the way you move, how you say certain things, you know, in a written post, it's going to sound different and it shares you and your message so much quicker, really. A lot is said non verbally isn't it? And you lose all that if it's just in a post or even in audio. So when you can see someone, and plus energetically you can get a vibe of someone even on videos it's like oh i like this person there you go that's half the sale done isn't it
0: absolutely no that's absolutely perfect how can people connect with you
1: so facebook come and find me on facebook so i have a facebook group it's called love happens to me my business is called love happens to me also on instagram because i will endeavour to use that more same love happens to me but yeah just come and chat to me on there
0: That's perfect. Thank you so much for spending the time with me today. It's been an absolute yeah thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Video Production Academy podcast or watching it if you're viewing us on YouTube. I'm Lee Midlane and I've been your host for this episode. If you'd like more information, resources or free downloads head over to the Video Production Academy podcast at www.videoproductionacademy.co.uk Reach out if you have any questions, queries or comments and subscribe to hear more inspiring conversations with business owners just like you who've built their business using video. Until next week, shoot for the moon.